Oh, hello, Evil Man listeners. It's so nice to see you once more. Can I get you something to eat or drink? This is Michael here, just stopping by to announce that, yes, the rumors are true, I am recording an album of stand-up comedy, humor, and jokes on two amazing nights this June at Toronto's Comedy Bar. It's going to be Thursday, June 22nd at 9.30 p.m. and Friday, June 23rd at 7 p.m. Both shows are going to be hosted by Evil Men favorite Jackie Pirico and will feature some very special guests that you will not want to miss. Tickets are available at comedybar.ca and in this episode's show notes. Once again, I'm recording a comedy album June 22nd and 23rd. I'd love to see you there and give you something to eat or drink while I'm performing on stage. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil I see you looking at me out your window, baby. You got a long negligee on. It's blowing out the window. And when you go to the bathroom, it rips off. Wow, I'm picturing a pervert under a a fair maiden's window who's just sort of trying to, uh, what do they call it, Uh, serenade her. Pervert in moonlight. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact, your voice sounds a little bit worn, which has a little bit of character to it. That's cool. You know, it's because, and Tim Gilbert has the same thing, it's it's because we just got back from going ham in Montreal. As the two Draculas. Do you know what going ham means? I do. James? I do too. It means going yes. crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. It's Michael, James, and Chris from Evil Men. But Chris, you oh. and Tim Gilbert just got back from the Montreal Sketch Fest as the two Draculas. I want all of the, yeah. the nasty details. Oh, it was nasty. Well, it was really, really, really fun. On the drive there and back, we screamed our voices out, yelling, singing along to Glenn Danzig and the Misfits. <laughs> uh, but then if you've seen the two Draculas, uh, we, you know, we also yell like hardcore punk guys sometimes yeah. at the audience. It's not exactly ASMR. No, it's the opposite. It, and what is, what is the acronym ASMR? Ah, so mother firm, uh, really quiet. Ah, so autonomous sensory meridian response. <laughs> oh, yay! What a <clears throat> fun acronym, like NWA <laughs> <laughs> or DK. DK, so you, dead Kong? Kennedys. Oh. <laughs> I like how the DK to you is dead Kennedys, and to me, it's Donkey Kong. <laughs> so, Chris, oh, I yeah. saw. You put up an Instagram story of you and Tim on stage as the two Draculas singing a song about mopping up piss. And I I felt that feeling of FOMO. I wish I had been there watching it. I wish you were there, too. I wish you guys were there because um, it was one of those nights where you drink endless amounts of tequila and (laughs) beer until 5 a.m. 
Um, I think that's really also where the voice has gone. Uh, but yeah, it was a really fun time and maybe we'll do a live evil men's show soon that ends crazy and parties all night. I don't know, but it was really fun. And then we slept maybe four and a half hours and then drove home from Montreal super fast. And you two guys shared a bedroom, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What was that like? It was uh, on the road, sharing a bedroom, you know, two beds or one on the road again. Just can't wait to share a bedroom with my little friend. (laughs) (laughs) This is a peek behind the curtain because a lot of the audience is probably wondering, what's it like when two nasty male comedians hit the road and have to share a hotel room together? Yeah. Yeah. Like you both get in the hotel room. What do you do? Like, all right, well, I'm turning in, you know, Uh, you, you know, do you say goodnight when you turn out the light? Do you? Watch TV together. Yeah, what if one of you is scared of the dark and the other one isn't? And one of you wants a nightlight and the other one is like, get that thing out of here. Yeah, I know. I thought about that. So what we did instead uh, was we got drunk and high until we passed out. (laughs) (laughs) Then we didn't have to worry about all that little stuff. So there could have been ghosts or a, a maniac with a knife creeping around your room, but you just wouldn't have noticed. There's definitely ghosts in Hotel Chrome in Montreal. <laughs> a cool French-Canadian ghost? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was like maybe a uh, – it's still a safer feeling than when me, you, and Aaron and Graham stayed in the St. Mark's Hotel in New York City. <laughs> Right. That didn't feel like we were sleeping on junkies' deathbeds. <laughs> but it's a bit grubby. It's got that sticky floor tiling that you know that they lay down because they know people are going to throw beers all over the room. Mm-hmm. Well, a question. Um, when the two of you took off your clothes, how yeah. did you deal with that? Did you just sort of <laughs> sit on the bed and face opposite ways and quickly pull your pants and underwear down? Did you just do it in front of each other? How does that work? Um, well, I think we put our, we took turns putting our underwear on in the bathroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I've, I feel like I've stayed in rooms with you guys, right? Before in different yeah. scenarios. No, Wait, maybe not James. I don't James. know if I've ever slept in a room with Chris. No, you never. We've, never. we've gone to cottages. Oh, we need to correct this as soon as possible. We need to right. sleep in well, a room. Maybe it happened at the cottage, but you know, when you walk around in your boxers or your underwear, <laughs> Well, and, yeah. you, and you adjust your junk Dick? and everybody can see it flop up and down? Yeah. yeah. Like, that still happens. <clears throat> okay. Well, Chris, when we were at the cottage, remember my door to my bedroom locked from the inside and I was rattling it to go out to the to leave my, my room? And then yeah. you, just in your underwear, shirtless, in the middle of the night, walked out and opened the door for me. And you were like, what's going on in here? Yeah, I saved your life. Yeah. And I hope you don't mind me saying to the listeners, but you were really scared. (laughs) Yeah, I was crying. You were really scared because you were really trapped in that room. (laughs) I was. It almost felt like a supernatural force was not letting you out. It did. It It felt like like in like the conjuring or something when someone can't open their door and they don't understand why. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what's going on? Let me out. It was pretty Chris, Chris, please save me. That was a wild moment. Yeah. Mike, do you remember? Are you out for the... Mike was fast fast asleep. I was dreaming about 
uh, all sorts of nice things when James was going through yeah. living hell, you know? Sugar mm-hmm. plum fairies weren't dancing in your head. They were giving you head. Well, not, not to give too much away. <laughs> no, but it was really scary. And yeah. James was yelling, help me, help. Get me out of here. I can't open the door. Help me. And I, I just put remember, up my index yeah. finger to the door and I said, give me one moment. I really need to pee. And then I'll come back. And I took a really long urination. Yeah, you were in the bathroom for half an hour. I feel like you, I don't know. I think you feel like you took a shower. I peed for half an hour. Mm. And I lost 10 pounds because they had a scale in the bathroom <clears throat> at the cottage. I weighed myself right before I peed, peed, then weighed mm. myself after, and I was down 10 pounds. So that's a real emptying of the sack, eh? That is a massive sack emptying situation. And then wow. I saved you. You saved me. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. You opened the door. Your hair was all a mess. No shirt. It was pretty cool. But speaking of the was cool. Yeah, you were snoring and going, thank you, girls. <laughs> well, speaking of the cottage. Wait, Mike, you must not have sex dreams because you don't remember any dreams. Or maybe you are having sex dreams and they're so disturbing that you block them. Either is possible, but you're right. The most important thing you said there is that I don't remember my dreams, except for maybe once or twice a year. So I could be having the most amazing dreams mm. or – the most cursed satanic dreams of all, and I would never, I would never remember. I have something That's, to say mm. to you because James reminded me of this. Oh, but also I wanted to say, speaking, the cottage, they get a little bit fun, not full on debauchery, but they get loose. Oh and, yeah, and we all mentioned that we we have a different drink going. We're on Zencaster again, and we're doing a different drink each. I got a tall can of Coors Light, and I took a little. Weed gummy that will hit sometime. <laughs> and uh, James, you got. I wonder if the listeners will be able to tell when it starts affecting you. Probably <laughs> not. For a private pr- game for the listeners to play. Yeah, I, I won't know. say anything. But also, uh, it's pretty mellow. It's not crazy. What do you got, James? I have a glass of rose, chilled. Classic, James. Just yep. like the James Bond drink. What will you have, sir? A glass of rose, chilled. Chilled. <laughs> Chilled, not heated. <laughs> I'm also a wine drinker tonight. It's a uh, Pinot Noir from the wine rack. Uh, it's called, the brand name is, is Basque. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it says zero grams of sugar. And I think it's like a low carb wine as well. So perfect for those of nice. us who are training. Are there carbs in wine? Uh, actually, it says zero carbs in this. So, um, you can drink as much of this as you want, and oh, won't affect great. your performance at the gym. But you need to actually carb stack for the gym. So, oh god, yeah. Well, maybe for if training. you drink several bottles of that, maybe there's like a trace amounts of carbs. So, if you drink like a few bottles, you might get enough carbs that you'll yeah, be able to like carb decaf, stack before you do your reps. Like how you get a bit of caffeine. <clears throat> and, anyways. My my Italian um, aunt calls my penis Pinot Noir. <laughs> is that is that so? <laughs> yeah, really? Pinot. Yeah, Pinot. That's nice. Hey, Pinot. 
I've got, yeah. Now, is this when you were a baby or something? She'd say, look at the little peen on him. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be after my bedtime. But then they'd bring me back out while all the adults were drinking. And, oh, and show you to the ants. And then she'd yeah. go, look at the little pino. They'd be playing uh, cribbage. Mm. And they'd Do get, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> get Christopher out here. Show us little pino. <laughs> I love Italian culture. Um, I'm not Italian. This, <laughs> this wine talk reminded me. So there's been a couple Andre the Giant stories sort of ambiently floating around recently. And I was just reading Andre the Giant would customarily drink five bottles of wine at dinner because he was so big and he like would barely feel it. Uh, that's like yeah. quite a quite a bit of wine. Um, another story was that did you guys see this that there was uh, he was the victim of a prank sometime I guess in the eighties where someone put uh, like. Uh, um, laxatives in his food then he had to go on a big flight in andre the giant's food in andre the giant's food so you know the guy he loves to eat some grub and they put laxatives in his food on a big flight from like japan to north america yeah so they're in the air he couldn't fit in the in the plane toilet so some of the flight attendants had to like put a screen around him and bring a bucket out or maybe I'm thinking of Yokozuna. Maybe I'm confusing the two. Yeah, because the Andre the Giant one is like... wrestler shitting stories like, straight, Mike. Yes. The Andre the Giant one, I know for sure people were like crying. Sorry, the, the Andre the Giant was, he was so farting bad. on a plane and people were crying because it smelled bad. Yokozuna had the prank played where they had to have him shit in a bucket. But I, I feel yeah. bad now for messing it no, up. No, don't feel Speaking bad. Speaking of Yokozuna and Andre the Giant, our friend... Andy Appel, our listener, uh, who's also in the Patreon Discord, uh, worked on Dark Side of the Ring. Mm. And I've been binging Dark Side of the Ring. And it is, every story is thrilling, shocking, and intense. It's so good. You guys have to watch Dark Side of the Ring. It makes me want to go back and do some of our wrestling episodes with more of the knowledge I have now. Like, I have knowledge of the Montreal. Um, screw job screw job like i watched yes. that episode it's wild do they have a yokozuna shooting in a bucket behind a screen <laughs> store uh, episode <laughs> no, yeah Mike. that that's called dark side of the screen <laughs> dark side of the shit mike since there's an andre the giant farting story and a yokozuna yes. shitting story i feel like i've got his google did anything ever happen to john tenta aka earthquake another huge man Regarding right. shitting on a plane. Earthquake must I'm have sure. had several shitting on a plane stories. I'm Googling Pops John Tenta shitting. The story about Andre the no Giant, luck. just to be totally clear, it was from Lad Bible, <laughs> where you get all your best mm-hmm. Andre the Giant stories. What were you and doing looking at Lad Bible, Mike? Uh, I will not lie. I follow it. There. I follow it on Instagram. But the headline is, <laughs> Andre the Giant left passengers unable to breathe, gagging and crying after taking world's biggest poo on plane. <laughs> yeah, it was poo. I knew it. I knew Imagine it. Imagine it was such a big I poo read that, that too. The, the plane couldn't handle the weight. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but like, it's funny that it gets heavier after it comes out of him. <laughs> like, right. he brought that it on the plane make with him. Maybe sense. <laughs> you know how but sometimes it's fl- like planes dump fuel sometimes if they're carrying too much weight? Maybe they have to like dump his, you know what, uh, in the middle of the ocean. 
Well, that's they had to thing. cut a hole in the back of the plane so he could shit into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes a cloud. <laughs> oh, at this altitude, uh, shit uh, evaporates into a cloud. It lands it's on the front window actually. of another plane. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, a, I, oh, sorry. They do actually dump uh, waste. It's yeah. happened where, or or it's act come out accidentally or something, and uh, mm-hmm. like a blue chunk of waste. They try to they, do it over the ocean so it lands in an orca's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> because they like that. Thank you. All right. Um, let's do a weird or way cool or whatever. That's right. A weird, way cool or whatever. And um, we have another submission from our Discord. Can I just uh, say so this? Please. The response to this segment is firkin' bananas. Uh, oh, people my. are yeah. I didn't want to yeah, but people love it. People are stopping me on the streets and saying weird, cool, whatever. Asking for my autograph, kissing me, hugging me. Now, Mike, I'm detecting sarcasm, but were you to log on to the Discord, you would see that it is popular. I'm not being sarcastic. It is a it is a fun, popular segment, and I love it. Yeah, sounds completely genuine and normal. But the people that stop you on the street and at the comedy shows, mm-hmm. how far do they really go with you? Well, I I have very clear boundaries. If if they move beyond kissing, right. I say stop right now, unless you're willing to pay. What about <laughs> Gigolo? So their hands have to stay on their own in their own space. Yes, only I'm allowed to touch myself in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> Like Dirk Diggler in the beginning of Boogie Nights when Mm -hmm. uh, he jerked off for money for people. Hey, it's a living. (laughs) I would – if I found out you had an OnlyFans and were doing that, I'd at least subscribe to one month to see. (laughs) Not because I want to to be gratified in that way, but I would just be curious. I was imagining myself seeing your name and credit card number appear (laughs) in my OnlyFans subscriptions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you know what I was thinking this, oh. as well, Mike. So, you know, we had our fight about the cookies. We certainly did. And I was thinking, now, in a normal relationship, what happens after a fight? Well, between a relationship between, that's romantic. Oh, well, the famous makeup S? Yes. Makeup I mean, sex, S. not shit. Now, we're obviously <laughs> not in a romantic relationship, we're in a podcasting relationship. Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking, you know, after in a, in a romantic relationship, you have a fight. Maybe it's about cookies. And then you have this passionate makeup sex. What is the podcasting equivalent? We had a fight. Is there a makeup, some kind of, you know, something metaphorically like makeup sex while recording? Maybe it's a just makeup, an energetic. Makeup riff? You know, <laughs> riff or a good <laughs> podcast episode or it really feels good. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Maybe we'll stumble upon it this episode, but yeah, I'll keep my ears and eyes open for it. Chris, you can watch. Okay. Here is... Mike, I had a Timbit on the drive back from Montreal. (laughs) Oh, yeah? And I took a bite out of it, and I looked at the other half in my hand and thought, I should save this for Mike. (laughs) (laughs) 
what what flavor? I need to know. Oh, just like the icing one. Oh God. Yeah, you know, like the sugary one. I love it. Oh, I know, I know. You know what? Thinking when, of it, yeah. when you get three alpha males like us in a room together and you do it week after week, sometimes they're going to clash. Can I say something? <laughs> it's true. Oh, Chris, yes. I don't think of myself as an alpha male. I think of myself as a spanky male. Alfalfa, spanky, oh, little yes. rascal. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, here's the... Here's a submission uh, from a listener of a weird, way cool, or whatever. Mm, This listener writes, We regularly put slow-release bleach tablets in our toilet tank for extra cleanliness. Today, I realized that our bidet's water comes from the toilet tank. I was shocked. That means we have been spraying our butts with chemical water, which seems dangerous. I told my husband about this, and as I was talking about it, I realized... People bleach their assholes on purpose. Because of our setup, we're effectively doing a long-term unintentional hole bleaching. So after realizing this, it made me realize something else. I don't really care that the water is bleachy. I was horrified by it. And then I jumped back to completely not caring. My question is, is it weird, way cool, or whatever, that I convince myself it's okay to keep blasting my asshole with bleach? (laughs) Thank you so much for the submission. This is the most personal way cool or whatever, maybe from a listener uh, so yeah. far. Yeah, but I love technically, how, like, yeah, technically, honest, if you bleach your asshole, it's not the same as getting a bleach enema. Well, the bidet doesn't go really up and into you. It kind of just sprays. It does if oh. you have a big floppy loose a hole. <laughs> <laughs> If you got a big well, floppy used one. <laughs> I know this is getting just truly disgusting, but. This is yes. a very anal, yeah. Yeah. Episode. I just, anal men, yeah. I guess if you ha- found out, I actually have no idea if my butthole is, needs bleaching. <laughs> I have no clue. Do you guys? James, I'm going to take a wild, I'm going to take a stab in the dark here and say, honey, you got to be bleaching that thing. <laughs> I have no clue. I've never really looked. So for all I know, you know, were I to ever have it exposed, the the person viewing it would go, "Woo, bleach. This guy's got to buy some bleach. You oh, got to bleach it before <laughs> you lick it. Um, well, I, think I don't that, think anyone uh, needs to bleach it. I think it's. It's like yeah, but you're Mister like, Natural. Oh Nat, I'm Mister Oh Natch. I'm 1970s. Mm-hmm. Harry Bush freak. I Harry like anus butthole. Harry, yeah, Harry Bush, <laughs> dark brown butthole. <laughs> Imagine people talk disco. like that. Remember the 70s, man? Their bush people's bushes are big. Their buttholes are really brown. <laughs> Take, bring it back, man. Yeah, like it was so much better then. <laughs> bring back the clearly uh, wiped one million times butthole. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I I'm gonna say it's cool. I mean, I like I like his logical. Or actually, I'm not sure if this was a uh, what this person's uh, identity is, but. Um, I like I like the logical th- steps that this person took um, 
that, you know, oh no, bleach on my butt. Wait, some people intentionally do bleach on the butt. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. So I, I think it's cool. This person is smart. I think it's, I think honestly, in the circles I move in, this is a whatever because people mm. want to look good. They want to look ready for their, uh, I'm ready for my close up moment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mr. DeVille. Uh, yes. So I think it's just like totally whatever, totally normal. It's nothing that I've been, that I would raise an eyebrow at. I think if you're just going to bleach your asshole by accident for years, uh, big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in the whatever camp as well because I don't want to accidentally, it's up to you. And I don't want to butthole shame anybody, you know? Me neither. So I like it being the individual's choice. For me, um, I don't even know what choice I would make in this instance because it hasn't come up yet, you know? What if you Hmm. had a bidet with 2,000 flushes blue in it? Would you get like a a Smurf effect on on your anus? (laughs) Right, I hooked up right. with this guy and he had done the Smurf effect. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. There's this new thing he was called all blue Smurf up butt. in there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I pretend I'm Gargamel, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and then I just eat all the Smurfs. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Azrael. Well, oh, yeah, that cat. Is there another way cooler whatever, or have we reached the end? I only of have one this week that I found. Um, okay, but if you would like it's to submit one, it's really fun to the say them road. on the show. So you could do it on the Discord, or you could DM them to us on Patreon, or even if you send it on Instagram or Twitter, whatever. I'm yeah. sure I'll probably see it. But it, it may it, also just Patreon add. and Discord would be the best way. If you're going to send us a way cooler whatever that's heavily about having a bleached asshole. Would it kill you to send a few pictures? Beep, beep. (laughs) So, gentlemen, this is the part of the show where I tell everyone about a wonderful thing. It's called patreon.com slash evil men. Yes, we here at Evil Men do have a Patreon account. Let me tell you guys, if you sign up for this, you give a few dollars a month, you get two bonus episodes a month. There... Really good. I was ta- I saw Phil Moorhead at Comedy Bar recently, and he said to me, those are yeah. the main ones I listen to. Whoa. So if Holy you need a little bit of a shout out to Phil for that one. Um, so Phil doesn't even like it if there's a guy. <laughs> I think he listens to both, but he, he really likes the bonuses. They're really fun. You can also join our Discord, chatting it up. And um, yeah, and it also helps us, which we're so grateful for. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Patreon.com slash evil men. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Mr. James Hartnett, I come from a distant planet and I have uh, uh, violent intentions. Unless you tell me, what is the topic of today's evil man episode? Oh, man. You know. I know you're not uh, typically a sci-fi guy, but that was really good. <laughs> if Mr. Gene wow. Roddenberry is listening, uh, give me a call. <laughs> Beyond the grave. Yes. Um, well, Mike, I l- thank you for that intro. Uh, Chris, good to see you, listeners. Wonderful to talk to you. Sounds like you're making this a week- valedictorian speech. At a- yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Honored guests, members of guests, the clergy. Mis- haters. <laughs> 
People of uh, Springfield. <laughs> People of uh, Springfield. <laughs> um, this was a, a Discord suggestion from someone. Uh, I chose Whitey Bulger. Oh, he's not your mama's um, Whitey. I've got a no. Whitey Bulger. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's an it's an odd nickname. Hey, you know. Uh, hey, you're yeah. you're. You know, so all I know about is that him, a bulger. Uh, sorry, <laughs> is that a bulger in your pocket, or are you the leader of an Irish American gang? <laughs> Didn't Jack Nicholson <laughs> plays him in The Departed, right? Or he's like a I think based like, on him, uh, based on him, not sort of. Uh, and then there was a Whitey Bulger <laughs> movie. Was it Johnny Depp? Who no? Who played yeah. him? In the- Johnny Depp was also in Michael Mann's Public Enemies as like Dillinger or whatever. And I just got to yes, say. Yes, you're right, Mike. It was the movie called Black Mass. Yeah, right. I got to say. Bulger. I You can't cast. And I like Michael Mann movies, too. Uh, don't, I like Mr. I, Mann can't, books. You can't cast Johnny Depp as a damn mobster. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't remember this role. But what I've read of Whitey Bulger, I do not see Johnny Depp as him. Jack Nicholson? Yes. Yes. So, why? Well, good Whitey. on you, Scorsese. Yeah. Whitey. Um, So James Bulger was born in 1929 in Boston. Uh, He was of Irish descent, and his father was actually from Newfoundland. Hey, Hey. I like him. I love him even more now. Now, He's an Irish American from Boston, which makes me think, was he ever in the Dropkick Murphys? (laughs) <laughs> or did I he like them? he did play bass for them for like one early album. Okay. Nice. Um, Was that album called Bulger's Crystals in Your Mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, Bulger's sounds like Bulger's to me. <laughs> okay. Bulger's? Bulger's in your cup. Yeah, that's it. In, in your mouth. Okay, so uh, so he's yeah. playing for the Celtics. He's, he's playing for the Celtics. Um, his dad was a union laborer, an occasional long, uh, longshoreman, and his dad lost his arm in an industrial accident. So he Holy grew up shit. in poverty because his dad yeah. had one damn arm. And in Boston, they're like, you can't do any jobs with one arm. <laughs> what, he got um, one arm? Oh, Sorry. Sometimes you want to go to a bar where a guy only has one arm. Hey, one arm. Sit over here. Uh, yeah, instead of Norm, it's one arm. <laughs> hey, one arm. Hey, yeah, uh, one army. <laughs> that's traumatic, though. To, when Yeah, industrial accident. I would hate yeah. that to happen to me. Well, that no, is horrific. seriously, no offense, Whitey Bulger. We're just joking around. Yeah, 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 no offense. Hard for us to lose an arm. In, in maybe if a, one of our laptops smashed on our arm really quickly, we'd lose it. <laughs> Podcasting. Yeah, or maybe we get it stuck in a trailer door when Ron set a big movie set. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Whitey uh, was poor, and he lived in project housing, um, and. As a result, James Whitey Bulger became drawn to street life, or that street life. Can I make the international sound effect for being poor? Sure. (laughs) 
beep? Kind of like a like wrong answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, Bulger no developed a reputation as a thief and a street fighter, fiercely loyal to South Boston. Nice. Uh, this led to him meeting more experienced criminals and finding more lucrative opportunities. In 1943, when he was 14, he was arrested and charged with larceny. By then, really? he had joined a street gang, and this is kind of adorable. The street gang was known as the Shamrocks. Aww. Oh. And, and he would eventually be arrested for assault, forgery, and armed robbery and go to a juvenile reformatory. Jump around. Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad, because when I think of Shamrocks, I think of Shamrock Shake. I think of the Leprechaun movies. I think Lucky of- Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Uh, I don't also think of- uh, Good luck in general. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's too bad that he- The Shamrocks sounds like the name of a doo-wop band, not a gang. Yeah. Ooh, we're creating crime. <laughs> You guys want to get together and create some crime? <laughs> bow, bow, bow. You know what, though? Um, creating crime. Creating crimes together. The thing is, is uh, do you guys ever want to uh, give me all your money or you will be shot? <laughs> but like the shamrocks, ladies and gentlemen. But do you guys want... Do you guys ever look back on an early time of your life, like where we're at right now with Whitey Bulger, and kind of just like, re- do you regret that you didn't get in, in involved in crime like at an early age, that you were like a master by the time you were like 20, 25? Yeah, yeah. For sure. I worst- can't get into crime now at our age. We just, you need those decades of experience. Yeah, you'd have to like intern with a bunch of like, teens or guys in their early 20s and you just be like you'd feel like i'm the old guy you know <laughs> yeah and, and now it's the, all you'd be the sap you'd be the sucker yeah. you'd be the mark like if you went to a gang right now in your 40s and said i want to get involved in crime they wouldn't sincerely <laughs> think hey let's help this guy out they'd be like sure here's what you do you go to the scariest guy in the world and say uh, you stink, mister. <laughs> and nowadays, even if you can get involved in crime, it's just gigs, you know? It's like the yeah. gig economy. You don't actually yeah. get health care and you're not like, it's not no. a full-time job. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like a family stable. taking care of yeah. each other till death yeah. for, yeah, till you die. No, no. It's like, you don't even, yeah, you do jobs with people you never even met before. Yeah, pass <laughs> grab it. Well, did Whitey and, go anyway. to Shamrock Jail or like pr- prison he went for to Irish juvie. boys? He went to juvie, uh, and he got released from juvie in 48, and he joined the Air Force, where he trained as a mechanic. (laughs) He did spend time in military prison for assaults um, and got in trouble for going absent without leave, but he still received an honorable discharge in 1952, and he returned home to Massachusetts. So he got an honorable discharge despite all that stuff. Okay, good. Now this, mm, this is it. Oh, boy. I have a bit of a sh- one shocking left turn okay. about Whitey, and I don't know whether to say it now or save it for later. Oh, you're whetting everyone's appetite. Left turn, you know eh? Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it now rather than rather Fuck. than save it. 
Okay. okay. Oh, I love it. Live by the seat of your pants. You're right. So uh, in 1956, Bulger served his first term in prison for armed robbery and a truck hijacking. So already he's a troubled guy, right? But there hasn't been anything too crazy, but certainly he's gotten into trouble. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how much of that is his environment? I don't know. But get this. (laughs) So he's in prison. Okay. And while in prison, <laughs> Mr. Bulger volunteered for what he told he was told was an experiment aimed at finding a cure for schizophrenia. Guess what? He wasn't involved in an experiment that was trying to find a cure for schizophrenia. He was in MK Ultra. What? Why do Bulger crazy? and Ted Kaczynski were both uh, used as guinea pigs in this? Yes. Oh my. God, what? isn't MK? that crazy? The, the so okay. two of the criminal masterminds were, were in this fucking weird. What, study? Yeah, was the U.S. government trying to create the ultimate Irish American criminal? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's amazing if, that like throughout the how many episodes have we done? Almost a hundred of Evil Men. Yeah, it's it, crazy. MK like, Ultra comes up a lot, a lot. Like how insidious they were. It was like a spilled bottle of ink that it just went everywhere and got in every crack and affected so many branches of like people in, involved in crime or dastardly deeds. Like it's, it, you know, and it's if insane. You, maybe you don't, if you don't know what MK Ultra was, it was we a did an episode. It was a really good episode, the Sydney Gottlieb episode. And basically, the government or a guy in the government ran a secret program where he was secretly dosing people with LSD to kind of see what would happen basically and maybe wipe their minds clean and reprogram them. Um, yeah. You'd what look if at I them could and do go, psychedelic wrong, street, psychedelic street crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go do some crime. Din, 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 din. All you need is crime. I am here and you are here and we are here and we're doing crimes together. (laughs) See how the guy runs when I pull a gun. See how he cries. I'm criming. I'm criming. (laughs) Sitting in a cop car. (laughs) Waiting for the Red Sox score. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, wow! I never heard that Whitey that Bulger was involved in MK Ultra. That's fucking wild. Yeah. So, um, Whitey was given LSD every day for more than a year. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's not good for you. You know, like that's can't be very good for you. Um, he later realized that yeah, this had Are nothing to do with right? schizophrenia, and that he was a guinea pig for a government experiment, seeing uh, what people's long term reactions to LSD was. Um, so he described this experiment as nightmarish and said it took him to the depths of insanity. <laughs> I mean, no LSD every day for a year as though it's like athletic greens or something. Or, yeah. And you're you just know, like vitamins, a, like a working class, like Irish street thug. And you're like, like visiting Jesus and Satan and uh, <laughs> going to the planet Mars. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, God knows what he saw. Mm-hmm. Let's commit um, some more crimes. Why? I don't know. My <laughs> teeth want me to. 
<laughs> Do you think he saw like my teeth told me to to rob you? <laughs> Do you think he saw like a psychedelic box of Lucky Charms and freaked out? And uh, <laughs> maybe he invented Lucky Charms yeah. after MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> He hallucinated, like, uh, I don't know, the face of Gene Kelly. <laughs> Is he Irish? Yeah, like Irish-American. Both IRA guys. Yeah. Oh, really? I think I did hear that. Did D- Gene Kelly dance around bombs as they exploded? <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. He donated money like a lot of – or like some yeah. Irish-Americans did that ended up – Going to the IRA, which is mm-hmm. he doesn't was mention the it IRA, in singing in the rain. Was the IRA <laughs> singing in the rain? We're supporting the IRA. <laughs> singing in the rain. Can you can you take care of this for me? <laughs> we'll put hey. a bomb on a British building. <laughs> but was the IRA like one of those organizations that? Could have been confusing in the beginning, like it was more for good intentions, and then it became what it was, or was it always intense? I think it was always intense, but they always had a stated purpose. Because like, A stands for army, right? It does. Okay, <laughs> then forget what I just asked. But it, it depends. On, I like, forgot about In that. Ireland, I mean, it depends on your point of view. I mean, I know it's a very controversial, tricky subject, but it, yeah, you can like anything. It depends on your point of view. You know, a lot yeah, of whatever side in, you're on, who's listening, I'm on your side. No, a lot of I'm pe- not on the I don't know, because they fight against the British occupied Ireland, basically. Right. Yeah. Yes. The colonized version, the Protestants and all that. Yeah. Yes. You know, Here's, that is a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put this out, this question out there. Could a Protestant dancer have done as good of a job as Gene Kelly did when he swung around that lamppost in Singing in the Rain. No way. That's a tough one. I mean, and just to be clear, no we're not, we don't advocate any horrible violence or anything like that. No, we're just saying the movement itself, it could be, if, if that's your point of view, or, you know, it's uh, debatable. <laughs> we're not political on Ireland evil men at all. Sometimes we get passionate about stuff. Identify with the. Um, Palestinians and they fly like Palestinian flags there and stuff because they mm-hmm. view the British occupation in Northern Ireland as parallel to the to the occupation. Yeah, over there. Anyway, it's funny in that on. book. It's funny in that book, Mike. Please kill me when <laughs> you find out that the MC Five are just a bunch of morons. Yeah, <laughs> after posturing like they're like these. Oh, God. We should do a whole episode. Revolutionaries. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> that book is really cool. I recommend. I'm reading the 20th anniversary of Please Kill Me. So, sorry, James. I apologize. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so, how so did... Back, by the way, back to the Whitey Bulger LSD thing. Later in life, he told friends that he was going to find the doctor who was the head of the experiment pro- program in his penitentiary and go kill him. Wow. But uh, he never did. Yeah. So Because the doctor never really existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a troll in his it, mind. It was a rabbit <laughs> <laughs> on the grounds of the hospital. Yeah. Um. Hey, Bulger uh, briefly spent time in Alcatraz. That's pretty cool. Well, oh, this guy gets around. He's everywhere. So yeah, the Rock. And it closed in the what early sixties, mid sixties. So that must have been a while ago. Oh. Like, 
He ago. was in there in uh, 59. So just got in there before nice. it closed. Lucky. Kind of cool. That's like the height of Club 54. Like, man, you were there, you know? <laughs> um, or like I was a writer for um, CBC Punchline, like just before the website <laughs> ended. And it's kind of a yes. similar level of cred for sure. You're right. Uh, okay. So uh, uh, he spent nine years in jail. He got out in 1965 and he would not return to prison again in for 46 years, despite being... A pretty major time gangster. Right. Wow. So, mm, after Bulger's release, he got back into crime. He became a bookmarker. Uh, excuse me. A bookmarker. He became a bookmaker. Uh, yeah, I'll be your bookmark. Five dollars. I'll stand in your book and mark your page. You can use he my pinky. <laughs> yeah, I'll use my pinky for five dollars. He became a bookmaker and loan shark under a mobster named Donald Killeen, whose gang, the Killeens, had dominated South Boston for over 20 years. Right. Um, in 1971, a guy uh, in the Killeen gang shot and mauled, allegedly, a guy named Mickey Dwyer, who was a, a member of the rival Mullen gang. <laughs> <laughs> a gang war resulted and there was a bunch of killings throughout Boston and the surrounding suburbs. The Killeens uh, found themselves outgunned and outmaneuvered by the Mullins. And during this gang war, uh, Bulger committed his uh, – supposedly his first murder. He killed a member of the Mullen gang, a guy named Paul McGonagall. Um, Boston really has some Irish names. Eh? I don't know if we're hearing the story of a criminal or if we're hearing names from the book Angela's Ashes. <laughs> yeah, or the band The Chieftains. Yes. Or the Irish Rovers. <laughs> um, so, so, he oh killed yeah, so he killed a fucking guy. <laughs> so Bulger, he, he thinks he's killing a, a member of the Mullen gang, Paul McGonagall, but he accidentally instead, he kind of mixed it up. And he accidentally killed McGonagall's by like law-abiding brother. Oh dear! Um, yeah. So now the Mullins are like, we're gonna fucking kill Bulger because he killed this innocent dude. Um, and Bulger is like, oh man, I'm on the losing side of this. I fucked up. So Bulger approaches the leader of another gang. This guy called Howie Winter. And the gang was called the Winter Hill Gang. <laughs> this is how we winter. <laughs> this is how we winter. Um, and uh, Bulger basically turned on his own gang, the Colleen's, and teamed up with Howie Winter. And uh, now it's a little nebulous here. It's hard to know for sure. But some people think Whitey Bulger killed the head of the Colleen's. Some th people think it was the Mullins. Damn. But – I think, at least based on what I read, it kind of seems like maybe Whitey Bulger kind of fucked up and then saved his life by turning on the Killeens. Uh, eventually then, the Killeens and the, and the Mullins united as one with Howie Winter as the overall boss. So that's kind of a heartwarming story. The, the Killeens and the Mullins are, are friends after all that. That's beautiful, actually. Yeah. yeah. Just goes to show, you know, just talk it out. <laughs> Go to therapy, you know. Strength in numbers. Yes. Upwards men, and onwards. Men mm. would rather, literally rather, kill the law-abiding brother of a gang leader than go to therapy. <laughs> I know. 
Mm. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, so it's 1972. There's a truce in Boston's gang world. and Ziggy Stardust all- is at the top of the charts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, Bulgin oh, – Bulgin. And Bulger is pretty much <laughs> – Bulger is pretty much now like in a pretty high position in South Boston's criminal underwear, underworld. Uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? What did I do? Criminal underwear. He keeps, he keeps saying bulging and underwear. <laughs> what do I have on the brain? He's bulging in the criminal underwear. <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, bulger, uh, but a bulger. Anyways, he's doing great in the underwear. I mean, underwear. <laughs> oh my god! I picture like we can't see what James is looking at past his computer, but there's all these old Marky Wahlberg, Calvin Klein posters behind his computer. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I did that. No, well, don't worry. It's just, it's funny. Know, show That's us where all. my mind's at. It's not personal. It's just funny. Um, hey, Mike. James has a bunch of Mark Wo- classic Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Calvin Klein posters behind his computer. He's bulging. Anyway, out. bulging. Uh, I mean, bulger. Uh, uh. It is Calvin Klein underwear. I wonder world. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm dying uh, <laughs> Talk about this crazy evil crime guy <laughs> <laughs> This criminal <laughs> Underground criminal Lord of crime <laughs> and a bulging, raging cock in some tight underwear. <laughs> Played by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I think Chris's weed gummies kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my lord! So he's he's dealing with he's he's united these warring uh, crime families. (laughs) Kind of yes. And um, by the way, Howie Winter, he said that Bulger was so intelligent that Bulger could teach the devil tricks. Damn, that's crazy, dude. That's wild. That's like. That's a compliment. Hey, I'd be honored, you know. Yeah. Um so Bulger, you know, he's he um he was going after old Mullen gang guys. Um Bulger had a reputation for really only going after other criminals. Um and kind of uh yeah, he 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 wouldn't really go after regular people so much. He would go out, from what I read, he just go after criminals, wouldn't hesitate to use uh violence. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'll just skim through here. Doodly doo. So he wouldn't. He had that sort of code where he wouldn't attack. 
Yeah, just regular civilians. He kept it like all uh, between uh, crime guys. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, so Winter, Howie Winter was eventually arrested and Bulger and this guy Flemmy – uh, kind of stepped into the power vacuum. <laughs> Flemmy, Bulger, and underwear. <laughs> this episode is so, so funny. <laughs> uh, so by the late seventy. <laughs> well, I guess he's yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh. Hey, Flemmy over here. Oh, wait, that's New York. Whatever. These guys are like from Dick Tracy comics or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's 79 and Bulger's now like at the head of the Boston crime world, basically. But also Bulger, no disrespect to these hmm. criminals and their families Absolutely that are probably not. still alive today. It's, it's all respect. good. It's all good. Very good. Um, Bulger did stuff like loan sharking, book making, truck hijacking, arms trafficking, extortion he fixed horse races he murdered gangsters he uh, killed one cocaine dealer whose nickname was balloon head <laughs> boston is very colorful i feel like it is dick crazy it's like i picture yeah, he's got whitey bulger looking like yeah <laughs> and he did all this crazy stuff but like in a clever enough way that he wasn't directly tied to it to go to prison again yes he was very paranoid about wiretaps and would never discuss anything on the phone or in the car. And he also had a relationship with the FBI that I'll get to in a second. Oh, that's the big part of why that's he never went to jail until much later. Okay. Is that but a also these crime these mobsters always have the local cops on a payroll, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually it was F, uh, you know, FBI, so it wasn't even local, but um But I mean like regularly. Yeah. Like yeah. Like Whitey's right. I know. Oh, I know this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but his uh, his gang doesn't, you know, but his gang still probably pays off local cops. Yeah, I'm sure. Unbeknownst true. about his deal with the FBI, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing Bulger would do is he would summon drug dealers from around Boston to his headquarters and tell the drug dealers that he's been offered a substantial sum in return for their assassination. And How would he summon like, them? You, would it like, be from like to, a come, lamp? He'd rub a lamp or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would threaten to kill genies and demand a large cash payment for the price of not killing them. He would drop acid, <laughs> yeah, and threaten uh, a Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he would take LSD and shoot a genie out yeah. of a bottle. But so he, were these threats against them made up just to get them yeah, to, he, to he pay? Just, hmm. He kind of took out a lot of his bad stuff on drug dealers. Hmm. Or, you know, guys in the criminal world, I guess. Um, we mentioned the IRA stuff. During the Troubles, uh, sympathy, sympathy for Irish nationalism and the IRA was very common in South Boston. And Bulger, I'm like, yeah, Bulger was a big IRA supporter and he sent them weapons. He hmm. sent them C4 explosives. He also met the IRA chief of staff, a guy named Joe Cahill. Um, and... He raised a million dollars by shaking down Boston drug dealers and sent it to the IRA <laughs> to help them buy weapons. Wow. Crazy. Do you, is yeah. there any – in your research, did you find out if he also sent the IRA some music by local Boston group Aerosmith? <laughs> no, but he did help fund uh, the first U2 album. <laughs> 
Mm. You know, that's that is wild. I was just by coincidence listening to a podcast today um about the troubles and it, the first episode is all about how uh there was an organization in North America of like Republican Irish Americans who would send like millions of dollars to the IRA and ship them weapons and stuff and how they the FBI and like the British government were trying to shut them down for years, but it it they managed to like get away with it. So I guess Whitey Bulger would have been involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, it is crazy. And like, that is such a crazy fact about Gene Kelly too. I mean, Whitey yeah. Bulger, you can see it, but yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, oh, here's just, b- before we get to the FBI stuff, just a random funny thing. In 91, Bulger uh, came into possession of a winning lottery ticket, which had been bought at a store he owned. And he and three other guys shared the prize of $14 million. What? Uh, Whoa. This was thought, widely thought, to have been illegitimately obtained. Can you redeem a ticket from a store that you own? Is there any sort of conflict of interest? I mean, regardless of his criminal past. That seems like the weirdest. And they, this thing. was 1991, so they knew who he was. The year of ne- of Nevermind. That's right. Holy Literally shit! Then. Holy shit! So it's kind of funny though, huh? It's funny imagining like that case coming on your desk, like <laughs> biggest criminal in Boston for 20 years, won 14 million dollars in the lottery at a store that he owns. <laughs> hey, look at this, gang! We won. Did he appear in one of those ads where they they he's holding a big novelty check and going like I can't believe it? Give me uh give me one of them winning lottery tickets from from the counter. You kind of wonder if some guy came in and really won and they just took it from him, or he probably I mean God only knows. Anyway, um, so let's just talk about his FBI connection briefly. So in sure. the early 70s, an FBI agent named John Connolly approached Bulger and asked him to be an informant. He okay. offered to help him with the Italian mob if he agreed. And Bulger rebuffed him at first, but eventually did start working with the FBI. Oh, was he having trouble from the Italian mob? Yeah, he was having issues with another mob called the... I'm worried I wrote it down wrong. The page, page, the Patreon gang, the Patreon gang, and I'm I'm the mafia, the Boston mafia. Um, so this kind of got weird. This arrangement with the FBI. So like, it's going beyond just informant stuff. Like for example, um, a colleague of John Connolly's, a guy named John Morris. Like Whitey Bulger bought him his girlfriend plane tickets and stuff. And that's, that's just like a, a thing they found. Like clearly there was a quid pro quo going on where Bulger would, I guess, give some information and, and money to the agents seemingly or gifts or whatever. And they protected Whitey. Wow. So in the eighties, there was this big turf war in Boston between Whitey's gang, the winter Hill gang and this Italian gang, um, called the Patriarca or something. I think I wrote it down wrong. Apologies to that family and, and Italian people everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I could look it up, but I don't know if it's worth uh, pausing for. I it. think it's fine. I think it's fine. 
It's fine. Apologies to everybody, but they're criminals. An yeah. Italian, uh, yeah, yeah Italian it is patriarcha. <clears throat> okay, patriarch. Like patriarch with the uh, a after, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So this this turf war between the Winter Hill Gang and the Patriarchas culminated when the Winter Hill Gang kidnapped a dude who worked for the Italian uh, mafia. Whoa. Six days of torture later, the police found the guy in a Bulger-owned butcher shop hanging off a beef rack, but alive. Wait, which guy? The Italian so guy So this dude kidnapped. who worked for the Italians. Yeah. Whitey Bulger's gang kidnapped him from his job. But it's not like the main guy or anything. No, no. He was just like a dude who worked at a business owned by the Patriarchas. Bulger, yeah. they, Bulger's gang, they take him to one of Bulger's butcher shops torture him for six days and hang him off a beef rack. Fuck. The police get a tip. They go get him. He's still alive. So the police talk to this guy and like, they're like, what happened? And the guy would never reveal anything. So the police were hoping he'd, you know, uh, indict Bulger and go into witness protection. But he wouldn't. He didn't say anything. Wow. And supposedly Boston was very much a place where everybody knows everything, but everybody's very quiet. Like no one no one talks there about, about this stuff. Like everyone also knew who this guy was apparently, but, you know, you, you don't rat to the police there from, from what I read, you know. Right. Um, so in the next few months, a lot of people from the Winter Hill Gang were executed as in retribution. <laughs> so it's kind of going crazy in Boston at this time. And this sort of gang war um, alerted sort of the people to the fact that, like, what's going on here? And is the FBI working with Whitey or what? And you know that movie Spotlight? Yeah, about like the cover up of like um, church abuse, like Catholic church yes. abuse. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's set in the Boston Globe. Uh, had a special team called the spotlight team where they'd spend like months on one story and then yeah. try to crack a thing. That spotlight team uh, broke a huge story that Bulger was working with the FBI oh, and God. had committed crimes <laughs> while working with the FBI. And there had been rumors. Everyone, there was like tons of rumors always that Whitey was working with the FBI because it was unheard of for a criminal of his stature to go for years without even an arrest. So, um, yeah, he was like protected by the FBI and this news story broke it. Wow. So in April of 94, a joint task force of the DEA, the Boston police uh, and the state police launched a probe of his illegal gambling operations uh, the FBI at this time was considered compromised, um, and uh, they decided they were going to try to arrest Bulger for that. So Bulger fled Boston and went on the run for years. There were sightings of Whitey Bulger all over the place. The FBI uh, – I think it was the FBI. They went to follow him uh, to look for him in London and Uruguay, and they even <laughs> went to Victoria, B.C. Hey! Um, Bulger was a known book lover and the FBI visited <laughs> bookstores in Victoria, British Columbia and questioned employees and distributed wanted posters. I've I'm definitely like, been in a bookstore <clears throat> in Victoria, <laughs> BC. That was like an old secondhand bookstore. I was in the same bookstore as the FBI looking for Whitey Bulger for sure. Probably. Whoa. 
I feel like those FBI agents are just book lovers and wanted a nice vacation. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> so, uh, 16 years at, at, at large, 12 funny, years. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry, but it'd be funny if, like, oh, he's a book lover. And some people would think, like, oh, he reads, like, the classics. But maybe he was just, <laughs> yeah. like, buying, like... Jurassic Park. F- or, or, like, Far Side books or, like, Uncle... <laughs> Uncle John's yeah. bathroom reader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Whitey loves reading. He's huge into literature. He's got all the bathroom readers. These cows talk like us. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, so he was basically on the run for 16 years. I remember hearing 12 years. about that. There would always be a story every few months like about like the search for him and like where, where he's disappeared to. Yeah. Pretty crazy. He spent 12 years on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list uh, as well. Um, Bulger was arrested in Santa Monica. Great song by Everclear on uh, uh, June 2011 when he was 81. Wow. A reward of $2 million had been offered for information leading to his capture. This amount was second only to Osama bin Laden's reward. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Bulger had been featured on America's Most Wanted 16 times between 1995 and 2010. Wow. Bin Laden. I was just going to say, Bin Laden and Whitey Bulger, two nasty fellas, both from South Boston. (laughs) Yeah. Bin Boston. Yeah, they both love the Red Sox and, you know. (laughs) But why did he go on the run if he was working with the FBI? Couldn't they have just helped him? disappear and give him like a new identity? Well, my understanding is he was working with the FBI. They're kind of protecting him, these compromised agents. The Boston Globe spotlight team breaks a story. Hey, this guy's been working with the FBI for years and he's killing people and committing crimes. What's up with that? So they compromised. They compromised. The FBI. That that meant the FBI has to stay out of this now. And like other police are like, no, we're arresting Whitey. He's been protected uh, all this time. Right, right. And then Whitey knew, okay, I don't have that FBI protection anymore. I'm going to run. <clears throat> um, <laughs> by the way, he was caught in Santa Monica because authorities received a tip from a woman um, in Iceland that Bulger was living in an apartment near a beach in Santa Monica. I'm starting to freak out how much MK Ultra and Iceland comes yeah. up on this podcast. Yeah. It's actually freaky. The Boston Globe identified the tipster as Anna Bjorn Stoter, a former model, actress, and Miss Iceland 1974 who lived in Bulger's neighborhood. Awesome. In Santa Monica. Miss Iceland 1974 busted Whitey Bulger. Wow. Small world. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Never trust a, a beauty queen winner, you know, or beauty contest winner. Mm. Yeah. In I told you not to tell anyone, beauty queen. <laughs> <laughs> in 2013, Bulger was sentenced to two terms of life imprisonment plus five years. Okay. That seems petty. So he was in his eight, uh, late, early 80s at this point. Yeah. Um, the judge said Bulger got such a sentence because of his unfathom- unfathomable crimes, some of which inflicted agonizing suffering on his victims. He was also ordered to forfeit $25 million and pay $19 million in restitution. Why? In 2018, at the age of 89, Bulger was found dead in prison 
killed gruesomely. And I didn't even write mm-hmm. down the details of his murder <laughs> because I thought it might be unpleasant for the audience. But can you give us a hint? Pretty nasty. Give us they a beat hint? the shit out of him and killed him in prison. Eighty nine. Like, what do you think? Like, let's finally, finally, we can get Whitey <laughs> Bulger at the age of well, eighty nine. Was he killed him a by, favor? Was he killed by other old men who had grudges? <laughs> Or was he killed by like young guys who were didn't like him? I don't know who yeah. did it, but oh. it seems like you know eighty nine. Yeah, he's probably ready to go anyway. But was he stabbed? Was choked? he killed or was it? He was beaten up with like stuff put in socks and shivs and like they <laughs> literally. I mean, it's gruesome. Trigger a warning, everybody! Yeah. They cut yeah. out his tongue. <gasps> You couldn't recognize him when he was over. 89, though. I mean, that's kind of He loved books. Did they ruin his books? I I have a feeling they might have pulled out a few pages from uh, (laughs) the Andromeda strain. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that's the story of a man named Whitey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Awful death. I mean, terrible death, but he made it a lot longer than you'd expect. I mean, if you... Don't go to jail till 81. Okay, your 80s sucked. Well, whatever. Everybody's 80s probably suck. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, and he started he doing did pretty well. He started doing crime as a juvenile, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's Bulger. quite the run. When he and was in his we, 80s, mm, was he once mm-hmm. again subjected to a secret drug experiment uh, like he had been <laughs> when he was younger? I don't know. We're giving you Great MDMA. Question. Maybe uh, maybe Viagra. Yeah, I think, I Viagra think we're every- all like a part of giant top secret experiments now. We don't even know it. Yeah, that's right. MK Ultra got smarter. Trust me. That's right. <laughs> um, well, RIP to a legend. RIP. RIP. Legend. Yeah. Well. Great, great job, James. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks yeah, telling us I about have to say, pretty, pretty interesting guy. And as we mentioned, Jack Nicholson sort of based on him in The Departed. Right. And did he ever, did he have like a string of wives and kids and stuff? Or was he just like a solo, uh, solo guy flying on his own? No one to great kiss and question. hug? He did actually, yeah, he did have a girlfriend who nice. was 20 years younger than him and she actually looks tough as hell wow um when he was on the run his girlfriend was named Catherine gregg she was 22 years younger than him she was also grew up in boston like she kind of looks i'm looking at a picture of her on wikipedia right now she kind of looks like if jane lynch grew up in <laughs> south boston and was really tough looking imagine just um, two old people from boston trying to like um Go on the lamb and look un, like unsuspicious, uh, traveling all over the place, kissing. I know, enjoying Living the in Santa Monica. Yeah, Man, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, um, yeah, Whitey Bulger. He, um, by the way, um, yeah, nineteen counts of murder, uh, extortion, narcotics, money laundering. Those were the charges. Well, we all make mistakes. Yeah, good point. Is it time to bring out the evilometer? Oh, here comes the evilometer, and I hear some traditional Irish 
folk music playing. Oh, the fiddle! Yeah, the fiddle. And oh, he looks like he's f- having some sort of nasty acid flashback. Uh, and he's sort of not. He's sweating, and he look. His eyes are wild. He's also um, uh, he's he's got a list of crimes he needs to commit on his to do list. So, oh, thermometer, no, you'll never learn. You are so funny. Yeah. Who wants to go first of the of, uh, of the three of us here? Chris, I want to hear what you have to say about Whitey Bulger. Um. Um. Seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um. You know. I I can't imagine he was a great guy. I. I <laughs> Didn't you can't read. imagine. You just told us for an hour <laughs> all of the crimes he did. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I didn't read about him doing yeah. anything like killing. He seemed to kill people within the crime world. True, true, true. I mean, that's still bad, mm-hmm. but it's not as bad as like he went around shooting p- people intentionally who were minding After their own business, won- I guess. <clears throat> And after he won the $14 million, he could have saved everybody's life. That's a good point. Or at least retire. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do Why think... Why was he drawn back to the streets to kill again? Yeah, well, I do think... I mean, not to be too much of a bleeding heart NDPer here, but difficult <laughs> childhood. He was part of a experiment that gave him LSD every day for a year. So that couldn't have helped. <laughs> I'm giving him a 5.1. No. Yeah. 5.1. I am. It is true that if you do LSD <clears throat> every day for a year. Yeah. What is your value on human life after that? It probably, it definitely, I mean, it can't have made him less insane. Yeah, but how, do you have empathy after you've seen, like, <laughs> that everybody is just like this weird meat puppet animated by magic space? You know, like, every day you go on these trips through the astral planes, traveling through the universe, realizing that everything is just a speck of dust and atoms pushed together, bouncing off each other with kinetic energy and... All these like mm-hmm. grand acid trip epiphanies, and then f- cut to you on the street, got a gun at some guy's face, and they're like, "Don't kill me," and you know what I mean. And you're like, "Yeah, don't kill what <laughs> <laughs> the atoms, <laughs> the atoms, yeah." I, I'm sure it did affect uh, yeah his point of view. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give him. Go- so, yeah, I do sympathize with him for being made to be a psychedelic thug, like a psychedelic dummy. Uh, who knows what visions he had when he was doing LSD every day, you know? But doesn't excuse uh, the cold-blooded murders he committed. And uh, I guess, um, yeah, putting a guy on a meat rack. Although it sounds funny mm. in theory, isn't very Don't forget nice. about the innocent brother. The innocent brother. Yeah, but he didn't mean to kill the innocent brother, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he did kill him. Yeah. Uh, he probably went, did I do that? When he hit the wrong guy. Uh, and Oh, shit. At least he got to win $14 million. 
<laughs> I'm going to give him a... Yeah, that's good. Uh, eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well. That was awesome. <clears throat> that's it for Whitey. Yeah. It's not it for us, because we'll probably be back for another episode next week. But we could end every episode of Evil Men saying that's it for Whitey, and it would still make sense. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> that's it for Whitey's. Yeah. Um, Three bulging Whiteys. <laughs> great work, James. Did you have fun researching that? Yeah. It was, he was interesting. It, it, it made me want to watch The Departed, honestly. The Departed is so good. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, that seems to me like it was another great episode of... has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.